Welcome to Black History Matters 365 with your host, Joanne Skate, the marketplace entrepreneur. So happy to talk with you and audience today because we have a guest in here that's just going to be absolutely amazing, who's doing some amazing things in Virginia. So I'm excited to introduce him today, another great history maker, not yesterday, but today. That's so important at Black History Matters that we just find the nuggets, you know, the people that are doing great things. And this gentleman, I'm going to tell you, he's doing a great thing. He has been doing a great thing, almost like when he was in his young, younger years. So I'm excited to have him today. Before we get started, I am actually going to read a quote by Colin Powell. He says, all work is honorable. Hmm. Always do your best because someone is watching you. Isn't Hmm. that something? Someone Hmm. is watching you. And I love this quote because it fits you, William, whether you know it or not, someone is watching you with all these different Hmm. things that you are doing. Hmm. I'm watching. I found you. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm excited about that. Well, we have Mr. William E. Jones with us today on the Black History Matters. And I'm going to read a short bio about him, although his bio is long now, but I'm going to read a short (laughs) piece of it about him. And then we're going to bring him him in to introduce himself and what he's doing and also his response to what's going on in the world Mm. today. These issues that we are facing. And, you know, we talk about that on Black History Matters. So let me read Mr. William E. Jones' bio, just a little bit here. Mr. William E. Jones with USMC, and you know what that is. He's retired Marines Corps, was born in Brooklyn, New York, and raised in Baltimore. He actually was in the Marine Corps. You started in 1981. You served 21 years in the Marine Corps, fulfilling various assignments to include supporting the multinational peacekeeping, I love this force, in Beirut, Lebanon, and participating in my favorite um, war thing, Operation Desert Shield, Desert Storm, Colin Powell, right? That's right, that's right. (laughs) As a government civilian, Mr. Jones has worked with U.S. Navy as the deputy assistant program manager for systems engineering, as well as with the defense threat reduction as a program manager. Is that all right on that? Yeah, program yeah, right. manager, yeah, yeah. which is the initial for DTRA, the Transformational Medical Technologies Program. Today, mm-hmm. Mr. Jones is a senior manage, management analyst at Marine Corps System Command in Quantico, Virginia? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell him your education because it matches what you're doing now. He has an impressive and extensive educational background, which includes graduating from U.S. at U.S. Army Chemical School and Parachute School. He holds a Bachelor's of Science in Psychology with a minor in Behavioral Science from the University of Maryland. He also graduated from Whiting School of Engineering at John Hopkins University with a Master's of Science in Systems Engineering. And in 2016, Mr. Jones furthered his education and got his MBA at the University of Maryland 
with a master's of business administration. Awesome. Just so extensively awesome, but it matches your assignment. So welcome, uh, Mr. William E. Jones. It's so exciting to have you on the podcast today. I love that. And then you take that and you take it to the community in the best Mm. way you can, educating Mm. people within the community and giving back. As I read through your bio this week and looked at the website, I said, this is amazing. He's doing exactly what you're supposed to. You graduate from high school, you graduate from college, you get the degrees, you continue your education even as you're going through life, and Mm. then you match what's going on with you and Mm. back. So that's Mm. what we want to know today, giving Mm. back. How, how are you doing today? You good? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. And and thank you for that introduction. Uh, I was trying to figure out who you were talking about as you, uh, <laughs> as you were doing the introduction. I, you probably forgot all the things you did. I did forget I a lot of those things. Some yes. things. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. So well, thank you for the invitation. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about you. Oh, wow. Um, there's so much to say. Um, so I am, um, as you said, retired Marine. Mm-hmm. And I am married, five kids, one, two, three, four, five. And I, I married a widow. I actually was um, home on vacation. And my uncle, who was a pastor, says, Bill, I have a widow I want you to meet. And she's got two babies. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I am not interested in a widow with two children. My, my uncle introduced me to her. Immediately, two minutes after meeting her, I said to my uncle, her pastor, that's the woman I'm going to marry. Just like that. Uh, We dated for two years and somehow three additional kids, you know, ended up at the dinner dinner table. Somehow three additional kids ended up at the dinner table. And, you know, I traded my little sports car in for a minivan the rest is history. The kids are, are now all grown and gone with their oh, own families. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What a beautiful story. I mean, um, and what a beautiful union there. Did Was she at church? He knew her from church? Or? He was one of her parishioners. He thought that I would make a good fit. You know, the, I, the uh, irony to the story is that my brother, who encouraged me to go, and I didn't want to go, mm-hmm. he encouraged me to go, and he was there when I met her. A year later, that same uncle introduced my younger brother to a young lady, and they got married a year after we did. And he became a pastor. He's a pastor today. Wow. So, so my uncle. younger brother, younger brother, uh-huh. said, absolutely not. I'm not going to let my uncle introduce me to any any young. And he is single today. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going that way. I'm not going down that route. He's yes. a matchmaker, but he's not matching me with <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> that right. is so awesome. Another thing I left off there was you were the founder of a nonprofit. That's really beautiful. It's the Virginia yeah. Black History Month Association. Yeah. So I love that you have founded this nonprofit. Talk a little bit about that nonprofit. So I retired from the Marine Corps. Um, when I got to the Marine Corps base at Quantico, and Quantico is the premier base for the Marines. It is the standard for all the other bases. Mm. And so when I got to Quantico here in uh, 1999, um, the Department of Defense 
and all the federal agencies have to do something for for the different ethnic holidays. You know, there's probably 10 standard, you know, African-American History Month, Asian Pacific Month, Hispanic Heritage Month. And so they have to do something. And so for the premier base of the Marine Corps, uh, their celebration included soul food at the chow hall and a choir sang some songs during lunchtime. And that was it. They said, hey, look, that was a great celebration of Black History Month. And that soul food was really it was really delicious, you know. Wow. Uh, and so I was, I was a little, you know, a little upset. And yeah. so I, I, you know, got my courage together and asked the, the base commander for permission, uh, you know, for a meeting. Mm-hmm. I never got to the base commander, uh, but my message did. And so his staff uh, saw me and I went there with one message, uh, Joanne, one message. And it was, African-Americans have uh, contributed more to this country than just soul food and a choir. That's right. We have to do more to show the nation, to the families that surround this area, Mm -hmm. all the things that African-Americans have contributed to this country. And and he said, uh, Jones, you're right. You are right. Go do something. <laughs> That's what he said. Go do something. Yes. Go make it happen. Mm-hmm. And so I said to myself, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show him. And so that's what I did. I went to Howard University, Theater and Arts Department, and um challenged their students to put on a musical play. Mm-hmm. I I found a choir, but it was a white choir that sang Negro spirituals at the White House every year. I found some other entertainment to celebrate Black History Month. One of the things we did is we surprised a couple in the audience. Now, they don't know uh, what we're going to do. But we tell the story of a couple that's going through a very difficult time. You know, one particular that always jumps out of mind is a a couple that whose daughter had stage four cancer and she was four years old. Mm -hmm. The family was devastated. And so we tell the story of how they met. And so they're sitting in the audience, you know, clueless of what we're doing. And so what we do, they realize sometime during the story, when we're telling their personal story that we're talking about then, you know, you know, the conversation is, honey, sweetheart, they're talking about us. And so we have a pastor call them forward. We give, the pastor gives them strong courage and, you know, words of encouragement Mm -hmm. that they can make it and about their ancestors that have made it. And then the pastor remarries them and they jump the broom in front of everybody. Oh my goodness. It is a wonderful. Let me tell you, Joanne, the first event, the very first event, there were so many people, we were turning families away at the front door. Literally, families would show up dressed up, all ready to come into this Mm -hmm. Black History Month formal event. (laughs) <laughs> and we were saying to them, you know, they would call me, Bill, there's a there's another family out here. One to come in. I said, look, we, we have no more room. And we were and, and unfortunately, we were turning families away at the front door. Wow. And, and that um, I, I thought to myself, lightning couldn't strike twice in the same year. So we did the same thing the next year. And Joanne, wow. the same thing happened the next year. And we realized we're on to something. 
And what so happens, you are on to something. Yeah, we're, we're on to something. And we begin a children's writing contest to challenge the children about African-American history. We mm-hmm. started doing scholarships in, named of, in honor of African-American um, you know, uh, trailblazers. And it forced the kids to write and research. And here's the funny thing. Mm-hmm. is that we get kids of all different ethnic backgrounds writing about Black history. So every year, to our surprise, you know, you know, you, you sort of know by the name, you know, you know, Julio Rodriguez, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Po Yi Ho, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, Wakos- Mr. Wachowski. <laughs> and so these uh, kids of all different ethnic backgrounds express their knowledge about African-American history. And they win our scholarships and their families come, you know, of all different hues and all different backgrounds. And they sit back and they learn about African-American history because we bring those folks from black history from the past to the present day. For example, this year we had the great, great, great granddaughter of Harriet Tubman at our what? gate. And so that's what we do. That's what we do. We bring those descendants of the past to the present. I love that. Yeah. And we bring them here and they talk to our kids and our families. Wow. Joanne, like I said. Oh. And here, 20, 21 years later, we're still doing it. And Joanne, we're still turning folks away at the door 21 years later. Wow. That's how it all began. That, that's what we do. And it's just a group of volunteers. That's, that's all it is. That is it's amazing. Just a group of volunteers. So it started just from your job, literally being a, a soldier. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, bringing yeah. what you were doing to the community. I love that. And it's yeah. just grown. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I did want to turn it over. You know, after four years, you know, uh, you know, the base commander. You know, I told him, sir, I'm retiring. You know, sir, you take over from here. Thank you very much. You know, it was a pleasure working with you. And he said, Bill, Bill, you can't stop doing this. He says, even though you're retiring, you're going to have to keep this going. The community mm. looks forward to this every year. And so I said, okay. So we got together. We applied for a nonprofit status with the IRS. They approved it. You know, we became a corporation and we just kept going. We literally never looked back until we realized we were at the 20 year mark and said, we've been doing this for 20 years. That's a long time. It is a long time. And for people to be committed to something like this, the message of what you're doing here. Now, is this done on base every time on the base or is it done that you asked that. Uh, so we were on base the first three years. Mm-hmm. And some, again, you know, um, you know, we don't anticipate things like, we don't anticipate success, uh, but we outgrew uh, the location where we were at. And so we took a risk like any other business does. And we began negotiating with corporations and companies and businesses and says, we're going to host this event you know, at a larger facility. And so we moved off base. Of course, the naysayer said, Bill, you'll never make it. I mean, this mm-hmm. on base, yeah. I mean, yes, you're successful on base, but that's, 
you know, it will never make it, you know, off base. And so we went off base and you know what happened. <laughs> we were yeah, turning folks away at the door. <laughs> yeah, the journey people. I love that you're turning people away at the door. That's amazing. Yes. I, I hate that people can't see it because they have to. Um, maybe you can do more than one show next time. <laughs> yeah, you, have, yeah. so you actually have celebrities come in, correct? And do we do. We do. And that that is the surprising part. Who are some of the celebrities that you actually uh, just a number of them, uh, you know, that uh, we reached out to, you know, they find out what we're doing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and to our surprise, they say yes. And so we've had a number of actors and actresses, Tasha Smith. We've had um, Roland Martin. We've had um, Michael Eric, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson, oh, um, Stedman Graham, Dr. Bernice King. Just a number of celebrities, you know, over the years that we've had, and uh, they've all said yes to my surprise. And so we continue to to do that. We figured we owed it to the community. One of the things we began to do is research. So every year, something amazing happens, something historic happens, and someone uh, walks in my path. Like I said last year, I mean, well, this year was the Senate of Harriet Tubman. You know, I remember, you know, the four girls that were killed at the 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama, you know, you know, it was a tragic time. You know, Martin Luther King went down. It was the the, one of the turning points of the civil rights movement. And, you know, when four girls in church Sunday school are killed by a bomb, you know, that, you know, you know, white America sort of sort of heads up and like, okay, this is this is enough. We need to do something. But what history doesn't say is that there was a fifth girl. I said, no, that's, there was no fifth girl. Everyone knows the story. You know, there was four girls killed in the bathroom, you know, in Sunday school. And uh, one of my colleagues says, no, Bill, there was a fifth girl that had rushed, was rushed to the hospital. It was the sister of one of the little girls. And we contacted her. And sure enough, there was a fifth girl. <laughs> we contacted her and she began to tell the story like no other person tells the story. And so we've had folks like this um, two years ago, two years ago, two years ago, you know, uh, you know, when the, the, the woman that accused um, Emmett Till, another pinnacle of African-American history, right. you know, you know when Emmett Till was killed, you know, it's, it, was the, it was the start of the, 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 the Montgomery boycott, a bus boycott. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, you know the story, you know, at that Mm -hmm. year, the woman who's still alive that accused Emmett Till um, is still alive. And so, again, you know, what I didn't know is that the cousin of Emmett Till Mm -hmm. that witnessed Emmett Till being pulled from his bed to be lynched and eyes gouged out and everything Mm -hmm. that happened, you know, tragic to Emmett Till, that his cousin is still living. Mm. And I said, I must meet this cousin. And so I contacted, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, Reverend Wheeler Parker. And I said, mm. Reverend Parker, I said, this is Bill Jones from the Virginia Black History Month Association. I said, no one knows that, that the, an eyewitness mm. to the lynching of Emmett Till is still alive. I said, would you please fly from 
you know, I think he was in Missouri. Would you please fly to Missouri and, and speak to our families? Let me tell you, it was um, it was to hear the story firsthand, you know, and all of these things that the kids that attend every year, Joanne, they they will never, never forget this. You know, yeah, they were the reason the Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so that's the second part of what we do. We bring history um, up front, close and personal. Of course, the, the families take pictures with, you know, these folks, the, the celebrities and, and the history that we bring together. Um, and I think that's why we've been successful is that I think it's important to tell the story. Yeah. You know, one of, one of my friends, uh, uh, one of my friends said, you know, we were always talking in about what we can do to help the African-American community. Of course, telling, telling the story, you know, and, and why, you know, this generation, you know, they, they have the sagging pants, you know, there's some great kids doing great things, but there's a part of us that, have the sagging pants. And we, we say to ourselves, how do we reach that generation to tell them, you know, what went on before? And, you know, what he said, something that, um, that really encouraged me to, to continue on. He says, Bill, we forgot to tell them the story. And when we forgot to tell them the story, you know, they wear their pants sagging down. And another thing too, is that like a lot of folks from my generation, I'm almost 60, is that you know our parents worked very hard to provide for us. We mm -hmm. saw them in the struggle. Mm -hmm. We saw them in the civil rights struggles. I mean, civil rights movement is not too far from us that we can't remember. You know what happened. We've experienced uh, some of those things. The experiences. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, what he's what he said is that we, our generation, they worked hard to give us opportunities. Mm -hmm. Then we worked hard to give them everything that we did not have. We did not have, That's We did right. not have it. And let me tell you, with five kids, my wife and I worked hard to give them Game Boy, television, cars. We gave them everything. And what we realized is that they didn't appreciate it. And so that's when what we began to do in the community and teaching African-American history became even more important. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we begin to tell the stories. We make sure that the kids are there. We tell our families that come, don't come alone. Bring your parents. Let's mm -hmm. honor them. Bring the kids. The kids need to know. Uh, we don't want them to grow up not knowing their history and how we got here. It's so important and more important now than ever before. Yes, that's and what so, I was going to say. Absolutely. It's more important now than important ever before. Now. And yeah. I love what you're saying about, you know, in your generation, it's almost like you're saying we forgot to, we gave them everything, but we forgot to, to tell them about where we come from. Yeah, yeah. We forgot yeah. to tell them the Black yeah. history side. Absolutely. And I've always said, if you don't know where you come from, then you are not going to know where you're going or have a path on where you're going. It's, it's important to have history about who you are. Yes, and you're right. I think that had just, for some reason, we saw Black History Month as a, just that month we celebrated, but we weren't celebrating it all through the year, like you and I are doing, telling people yeah. about the people that are making history and the people for, before that Absolutely. carved the path for you, even you and me to do yeah. what we're doing now. They forgot to tell the history. Now it's time for us to tell the history because 
if they understand where they come from, a lot of this wouldn't be happening in our communities because they will work hard just like you and me did, like you provided for your kids. If we would have told them the history of why I'm here today, because somebody died for me to vote, somebody died for me to work, you know, I think it would be a different story. I agree with you. History is important. BH365, that's what we do. There's a link to this, um, to Black History Matters. We're connected with BH365 education. And our goal is to make sure, just like you're doing, Mm. that our kids and our community know the history. So we've created a book, a curriculum. I don't know if you had a chance to look at that. I did see it, yes. Yes. In that curriculum, we're doing just what you said. We think that we are onto something. I think you are onto something by sharing the history. And that book is going to help do that, that curriculum. Yes. So um, I'm connecting to what you're saying. Mm. You're right. Mm. It's time Mm. to do history and sound like that's what you're doing. You're listening to Black History Matters 365, part one of part two interview with William E. Jones.